Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hello, Weekside Podcast listeners. I'm Jenny Rentis. I'm here with Connor Orr, and we're going to chat a little bit about last week's much-anticipated 2020 schedule release, which this year, I will say that there seemed to be a concerted effort league-wide to really button up and prevent the usual leaks that we see, Connor. Every year there's a game who can get a couple games here and there, who can get a full schedule leak. There were a few leaks. There was a a couple trickles, but I would say on the whole this year, it seemed like there was a concerted effort to prevent as many leaks as possible. Very frustrating on our end. (laughs) Because, you know, as much as, I, I don't know why, but as much as I've grown like, tired of some of the processes the two things that i still enjoy the most in terms of like reporting nfl minutiae are trying to find out schedule games before they're released and undrafted free agents i don't know why after the draft those are my two things that like still in some way shape or form like get me fired up to dig up like information like like i'm gonna in in terms of little meaningless minutiae um but yeah it was very hard to get this year 
It seems like that's left over from the days of being a beat writer where every nugget on a beat is so valuable. So if you can mm-hmm. get three or five free agent names, if you can get one or two games on the schedule before it's announced, it feels like a big win. But I actually talked to two people on teams who said they made concerted efforts to share it with a f- as few number of people as possible. Uh, they made you know an effort to make sure that... It- they didn't think it would get out unlike past years. And I really think that was part of the whole building suspense in this strange time. And I will say that in the end, I mean, there was a little bit of a surprise, at least from your and I's perspective, um, that the schedule did not go exactly the way that I thought it would. Um, I think that we both thought that, um, and you can get into this a little bit more later in the show, and I think you did a really good job writing about this, but you know, I, it, it did not break down the way that I thought it would, given all that's going on. Um, uh, some of the games were very surprising to me as to where they were placed in the season, what times they were uh, at. Uh, this was, um, I mean, not that any of us could hit schedule bingo here, but a lot of this I, w- I would have gotten wrong if I had to fill out in advance. Yes, absolutely. I think we were expecting to see a more obvious impact on the schedule construction based on the fact that we don't know when the season will start. Uh, there's a very uncertain six months ahead of us. And I think we were expected to see that reflected in the schedule more than we did. So that will lead us into, we're going to go through five schedule related topics, figured it would be a, a good discussion today. And that leads us right into the first one, Connor. So first thing, as you set up, uh, the NFL, it looked like their preference is to move part of the schedule rather than shorten it. So we were expecting some obvious trapdoors, perhaps a chunk of non-conference games. We said that would be the easiest thing to collapse out if you went from 16 to 12, eliminate the non-conference games, which would have the lowest impact on fighting for playoff seating. So we didn't see that. There weren't there weren't blocks of those four game blocks that could easily be taken out or or weeks in which teams only played non-conference games. Um, we we also um, yeah, we also thought maybe there would be, you know, certain adjustments for geography in different parts of the country, things like that. Um, but it seems like their preference would be rather than collapsing from 16 to 12 games to move if the start date has to be pushed back, say four weeks to then move those first four weeks onto the back end of the schedule. That in that way, like it makes a little bit more sense, because if you think about like some of the opening weekend games are pretty significant, like uh, Tampa Bay and New Orleans um, was one of those games that like jumped out at me as like a divisional game, which could have um, a lot of implications in terms of playoff calculus and stuff. Uh, yeah, so it, it makes sense. But it's just, um, I don't know. When it came out, I was like, wow, there's just it. It just felt so weird, and I understand we're in a weird off season, and everything is different and odd. But this one in particular was just like I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and a couple other things noticed. One was that there were no buys in the first four weeks, and I thought usually the buys start week four. Let me double check. And yes, the I was chatting with a Jets beat writer friend of mine, and I mentioned this to him, and he said, "Yeah, the Jets had a bye week four last year. Usually the buys are between four and twelve. 
This year, there were no buys in week four, so that does give them a buy-free chunk. So if the season was delayed a month, you could, I guess, tack on that buy-free chunk to the end. The other weird oddity, which ESPN first pointed out, was that the week two opponents all have the same bye week. So I guess the idea is if you Hmm. were starting the season on a week when you had a bye, they could switch it out with the week two game, I think, so you wouldn't start on a bye. I guess that was the reasoning there. Man, this, it seems like such like mental gymnastics to get this to a point where like, you know, why are we so afraid of just pushing it back (laughs) three weeks or four weeks? You know, like I just pictured this whole like, um, uh, like, I don't know if anyone has seen True Detective, but like the, when they rent out the um, storage unit and the guy has the crime scene pasted all over the wall and there's all these lines being drawn from suspect to suspect. And it's like, why do we need to go there when we could just say, hey, you know, there just doesn't seem to be a conceivable way that we're going to start on time. So why don't we just push everything back a couple weeks and, and do it that way? Yeah, I was going over the schedule happened to come up in a phone call on Friday with someone and he said that he thought the NFL would ultimately have to make a choice between starting on time or or starting at an earlier date with no fans or waiting a little bit longer and and seeing if you can get fans in the stadium Um, so that seems to be the mindset but yeah I was I was a little bit surprised I guess we hadn't really considered the possibility that you could take a chunk tack it on the back and push the Super Bowl back a few weeks right because we teams all along had been saying, you know, if we play a 12-game season, I'll I'll say we're lucky. And so I guess this would allow them to keep the revenue from the same number of games and just maybe slightly move things back on the back end. And in that way, it sort of justifies the schedule release because you're saying, well, half of the season or two-thirds or three-quarters of the season would still be in the same place. So some of these dates are still valid. Um, I'd be interested to hear if anyone is even has booked. A, a, have you heard any chatter, Connor? Do you know anybody, any fan who's like, you know what, I'm just going to book a December game, assuming that this is not going to move. It's going to be in that spot. Here's a fascinating, actually, story about this. Um, wow, we uh, didn't even discuss this ahead of time. I know. This is funny. This almost came up on last week's uh, episode. I was trying to find a way to squeeze it in because I just talked to my dad. Um, My parents are Notre Dame super fans. They go to one game a year. Um, They have friends who are who go to every single game uh, home and away. And that's like, you know, just their thing that they love to do. And so um, one of my dad's friends is a Marriott uh, he he he's he's won Marriott. There is no more points he can accumulate. He's he's accumulated all the points. And so when the schedule came out, um, you know, he booked all of his hotel rooms for the regular season, and then uh, guesstimated uh, winter dates, spring dates, and uh, summer dates. Uh, just in case on Saturdays, and booked rooms at low prices all throughout um, the rest of the year. Uh, assuming that, uh, you know, and he had this like idea of like, okay, well, if the schedule shifts this far down, then and so I know I have my hotel rooms for cheaper. So I, there are there are industrious folks out there trying to get ahead of this, I would say. Wow, that's pretty remarkable. Okay, so there are definitely going to be fans like your dad who are doing that. I mean, I guess it doesn't hurt to just book. It's like we do in the playoffs where you book all combinations. If you know you're covering the AFC playoffs, you book all combinations. So maybe you book last year, you would have booked something in Baltimore 
for AFC Championship weekend and something in Kansas City for AFC Championship weekend, just allowing for the bracket to play out in any number of different ways. It's slightly different version of that. Um, God, do you remember trying to get flights to, uh, where was it? Uh, we were in the press box in Pittsburgh when the Jet- Jets and Steelers, and it was Dallas, right? Well, Dallas for the Super Bowl. Dallas for the Super yeah, Bowl, yeah. But I think I, I have another memory of a year when Kansas City was an option, and um, it must have been one of the Jets' playoff years. Uh, but Kansas City was bad those years. I can't. I, I'm trying to remember in what what year this was, but the flights to Kansas City for from New York are always bad. And I just remember there were like these like very expensive options on Continental out of Newark, and it was like the 24 hour <laughs> cancellation. I remember there being a lot of panic in the press box. Um, on that but uh all right so the the second um the second item on this little schedule uh schedule bullet point list that we have here is along the same lines there there were fewer alterations than we expected one of which was there were there seemed to be no concern for stadium construction connor this is unbelievable none whatsoever like uh, the new stadium, Los Angeles, is scheduled to host home games weeks one through four. That is is mo- most egregious. I mean, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas has a week two Monday night football game, so that's also a showcase game. But it was truly stunning to me that four games were booked in Los four home games were booked in Los Angeles in an as of yet uncompleted stadium. Good piece of advice from my neighbor, who's a contractor. Um, we were talking about the show. Um, there's a new show on HGTV where they build your dream home in like thir- 30 days. I think it's 30-day dream home. So the dream home gets built from the ground up in 30 days. Is that possible? So apparently it is. Um, but uh, as my contractor neighbor said, you gotta let things settle. Construction has to settle. Everything needs time, and everything needs you know the ability to sit for a minute so you can figure out where it's gonna you know stay and land and all that stuff. And I keep thinking about that every time I think about the new Chargers and Rams Stadium because you know work the workforce. I mean, how many people now have tested positive for coronavirus uh, on the construction staff? I think it's up to like a dozen people that have tested positive there. It's a chaotic environment. People are rushing to get this done. Um, you're dealing with like tons of steel. You know, it's not just like, a, a, you know, this little brick wall that you're building here. I, I don't know. I mean, that, the whole thing just makes me feel incredibly uneasy although i admittedly feel incredibly uneasy about a a lot of things no that's really interesting perspective connor yeah i mean i kind of expected and maybe there's some competitive imbalance to that but i expected stadiums or teams with stadiums that are still under construction to maybe have a lighter home schedule at the start and you know i think ultimately things even out right i mean there's reason to think that you'd rather be home for the last you know more often in the second half of the season especially if you're a team like la or las vegas right where the the weather will be nice so um so I, I was surprised to see that they just really went all in four straight games in LA like no that to me was the like all along the NFL has been like we don't care about you know we're not listening we're not listening and that to me was like the like the uh, what's have you seen Titanic Oh my gosh I have a rare movie I've seen although it's been Good. like 20 years maybe It's Jack and Rose right I, I think so Rose 
Sounds um, right. It's been a while, the, Connor. The NFL is just like Rose on the on the front of the boat, just being like, "We don't care about." <laughs> and and like that was the moment that solidified it to me. I was just like, "Oh my god, they're just pretending that this virus does not exist." Like, how are you going to build this? <laughs> it's not done. We've seen the flyovers. How many flyovers have we seen? It's not finished. I don't know. It just blows my mind. Right. I know. And I I also thought um, MetLife Stadium has games weeks one through five, I believe, and. Um, the 49ers. I thought this was another one, Connor, because we all saw that there was this official in Santa Clara who said he didn't think there would be any, what, sporting events or gatherings till Thanksgiving time. And sure enough, they slap a home game in Santa Clara week (laughs) one. So I don't know. They just were like a little, like you and I always say when sometimes we write things and we'll leave some Easter eggs in there, you know, a little inside joke here or there, right? And uh, I don't know. I just felt like there were some Easter eggs in there for schedule naysayers, Connor. What do you think? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I constantly feel like uh, I'm being made fun of by the NFL, but this in particular felt directed uh, at us and others who uh, were critical of the schedule process in general i feel like yeah yeah it was uh so okay all right so perhaps on to um other the other side of this is all right which games are we excited for connor what you know what we also didn't go over this before the show started so maybe we have the same one but what matchup are you looking forward to so i mean i think this one is an easy one and i can dovetail into i i wrote a list um the night that the schedule came out um and i was criticized for being too kind of inside baseball with it um for example like um i really like like 49ers jets uh week two um and because i think that that is like a critical game in the adam gase era where like you know if he starts that season zero and two and that's a hard game uh to have week two you know the one of the best teams in the nfc coming to your home stadium that's concerning and you know i think a lot of it is like situational based like how many of these coaches are struggling who's playing quarterback you know another game that i'm really excited about is is titans at broncos week one because i've spent all off season hearing about drew lock and now who do you get coming into your place uh in week one, you get a great sort of amoebic defense that is hard for quarterbacks to figure out and be a running game that neutralizes your possessions. So you're not going to have a lot of chances um, to score points. So I don't know. I was really interested in that. I thought that was a good game to start off. All right. So I should have known that you would have this, some Maverick picks and that, of course, <laughs> there would be no overlap, because if there's something that Connor does well, it's unconventional and thinking outside the box and thinking a little differently. I love those picks. Also a little drama because Gase had interviewed with the 49ers job. And I remember yes. at, at one point he, afterward, he said that he learned a lot from that interview, maybe some of the youthful frogginess uh was something that he learned from, maybe not projecting that quite so much um, moving forward. So yeah, a little interesting, uh, a little interesting subplot. There will be some good fodder for beat writers that that week. Um, yeah. What about you? You know, I I wrote about in 2018 when Brady and Rogers were playing each other that it was they'd only met once before, which was stunning to me that two quarterbacks that are among the two defining faces of the NFL during their eras had only played now twice. They had played in 2014. And then of course that they played again in 2018, you know, they never met in the Super Bowl. Uh, in 2006, Rogers was still Favre's backup. 
um, though he threw, I think, a handful of passes in relief um, after Favre injured his elbow. Uh, in 2010, Rodgers missed the game with a concussion. So we only got Brady and Rodgers in 2014 and 2018. In 2014, we came close to a Patriots-Packers Super Bowl, but that did not work work out. Um so at the end of that article, I wrote, okay, well, you know, these two players are resolved to play into their 40s. So maybe instead of this being potentially the last one, it's just the next one. See you again in 2022. But here we are. Brady's <laughs> changed teams. They're, they're going to face each other in 2020 with an asterisk being if there is a 2020 season. But, you know, I just think I just picked that one because it's just now they're in the same conference and the they could potentially face each other every year. So um, now who knows how long Rodgers will be in that conference. Maybe he's traded out of that conference, but I just thought it was notable of how the, I don't know, the shifting tectonic plates of the NFL, Connor, if you will. Ooh, I love that. The shifting tectonic plates of the NFL coming together to eventually create (laughs) NFL Pangea. (laughs) I know, or, or is a big Pangea person. I also am. I loved plate tectonics. I mean, that was one of my like favorite things to study in school. I loved earth science. I think we've referenced this before on the show. So really just had to get that reference in. One of my um, best friends is a geologist. And one of my favorite things to do in the world is to uh, text our group chat of best friends from high school, I'll pick up a rock. And I'll take a picture of it, and I'll misidentify it on the uh, on the group chat, and I'll just be like, "Wow, I found a great chunk of gypsum," and it just drives him <sighs> up a wall, and it is so much fun uh, to do that. But I I I I needle him, but I am wildly interested in earth science too. I loved earth science. I actually got my I was a biochemistry major, but my uh, my I did a geobiology minor. Um, well, I, I worked in a geobiology lab. So my, I guess my honors thesis was in geobiology. Um, I think I did a marine science minor, but, uh, anyways, I worked in a geobiology lab and it was just all the things that I enjoyed coming together. And then somehow I just stumbled my way into journalism, which, you know, who knows, maybe I should revisit my 20 year old self and say that's not the right way to go, but very interesting. Um, okay. So now that we've discussed plate tectonics, by the way, notable that neither of us said Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, week three, which is probably the, <laughs> the biggest headliner on the schedule, Monday Night Football, um, which, of course, everyone's looking forward to what we thought might have been the AFC Championship game last year. But I'm glad we picked um, – mine's not off the beaten path, but glad we picked some other options there to sprinkle in, Connor. You know it's a good one, too, though, that I was just thinking about, and this is because – I threw this in there kind of because it was – we both covered the Giants. We were both beat writers and uh, for that team, and I was just thinking about Giants-Cowboys uh, the first time that they play this year is week five. It's all the way in week five, um, which – Although it could be week one, depending on if the you know the schedule moves in a certain way, but um, the Jason Garrett Bowl, uh, you know, there's a lot of intrigue there, and you know, I was just thinking of you know uh, we both largely covered bad Giants seasons, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, and I just kept thinking about you know what it would be like, you know, you're you're writing about this for weeks, uh, you know, the idea that Jason Garrett facing his former team and you know these these two offensive people going head to head, and by the time that that game gets there, like both teams suck so bad, and it's like a 1916 game with like zero 
zero offensive presence that you can't even work Jason Garrett into the game story on. So I was just, I was thinking a lot about that. And so I put that in my games that I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, no, that's a great one too. Uh, If there was ever a year for Giants Cowboys to be week one, I mean, this was not the year to skip that annual tradition. Seriously, yeah. (laughs) But who knows, Connor, maybe... Maybe they put that there because they think that will actually be week one. Oh, my gosh. I think we just cracked the code. Wow. The NFL act. You said that game is week five. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the NFL really thinks that week five is going to be the start date. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now we truly have a conspiracy theory on our hands, Connor. Scroll the tease for this episode will be scroll to 21 minutes 36 seconds to have your mind blown about the NFL schedule. <laughs> Fantastic! All right, this podcast <laughs> has been a success. We've really, um, we've really made a big revelation here, and uh, but we still have two more schedule related topics to cover, so we're going to cover those. Um, next one, which we teased on last week's week side pod, schedule darlings, Connor. So happy for the Bills. I'm thrilled for the Bills. Um, you know, this is uh, this is a, a, a time that they deserve, right? I mean, as a fan of growing up as a Browns fan, I remember two primetime games, you know, because you don't get Sunday ticket. Um, you can't get into a bar when you're young, you know, and so to watch games and stuff like that. And so that's a big deal for some people, I think, to have that that game on Monday night football or Sunday night football. So I'm, I'm pumped for the Bills that they got their uh, a little bit of their due there. I, now, hopefully they're, they're good. And last season wasn't sort of this uh, flash in the pan for them, though. Right. There's always a risk when you make the jump there. So the Bills have four primetime games, the most since 19. 19- 96, I believe. Uh, also, of course, as predicted, the Buccaneers have five primetime games, and so do the Patriots. So either the schedule making, uh, schedule odds makers, or whatever the case may be, are betting on the Patriots not falling off significantly, or if that happens, they want to make sure everyone's tuned in. Ooh. Both potential reasons uh, here. I did notice that the Patriots week two primetime game is the Super Bowl rematch against the Seahawks, but that really loses a lot of juice with no Brady, no Malcolm (laughs) Butler, no Sherman. Although, hey, Marshawn Lynch may be back. There's been some rumblings about that. So, um, so yeah, lots of, uh, I think we sort of expected that. We expected the Bucs, we definitely expected the Bucs would be in primetime a lot. We expected the Bills, which are this year's kind of AFC hot name. We figured they would, they would get some play, and the Patriots always get play. So, And then on the other end of the spectrum, Washington with a big goose egg, zero primetime games. Also Yikes. expected. Yeah. I mean, if you're a team, is that the ultimate sign of irrelevance? If you're like a, an owner, like is that, you know, you can you can convince yourself to say, well, we're still selling tickets or we're still doing all this stuff. But when you get banged like that, is that like, okay. Uh, this isn't. This is where we're we're at as a franchise. Yeah, I think so. I uh, I think especially if you're an owner that likes the spotlight, I think that's somewhat humbling, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum! And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Um, all right. The fifth topic, I'm going to let you take this one away, Connor, because you wrote this for SI.com. And I thought you had a great breakdown of who got screwed. <laughs> uh, here at the Weekside Podcast, we're always looking for the positives. Uh, and uh, <laughs> um, well, so first, this is an interesting one. And we actually had a reader, um, a, a Weekside listener, uh, send in a little nugget, which I thought was, which I had forgotten about, uh, which was a very... Um, very helpful at the time, but um, I had the 49ers first on the list, and mostly because they have um, back-to-back trips to New York on their schedule very early in the season, September 20th and 27th, Um, and, you know, that's a really difficult thing, I think, to stomach if you're flying your team into the epicenter of the pandemic, and you don't want to fly back and screw them over on the time zone, so you're remaining on the East Coast for uh, 
the better part of two weeks while you're getting prepared for these games. I think that's, you know, kind of a bit of a logistical nightmare for them. Now, the listener did say that, um, which I'd forgotten about, that Jed York has connections in Youngstown and they stay in Ohio sometimes when they come for East Coast games. And then they like uh, bus in and out of Ohio um, and they get facilities there to work at. So maybe that would help mitigate some of the issues there, especially if nobody's on campus at that point. Um during the season, but yeah, I, I don't know. If I was the 49ers, I would just be a little bit wary of like, okay, you know, where are we supposed to stay? What are we supposed to do here? Um, you know, not to mention the fact that back-to-back cross-country road games are typically um, not a coach's favorite thing to do anyway. Yeah, that that week spent on the opposite coast is an interesting wild card this year because a lot, as you mentioned, a lot of teams would like that because it allowed them to, you know, team build. I was along with the Eagles when they had in their Super Bowl season, Seattle, and then they played in LA and they practiced at Angel Stadium in Orange County. And they all cited that as being like a galvanizing force in team building. Uh, this year, does it create extra stresses or, you know, is it, our team's quarantining anyway, and so it doesn't really matter that much. That's definitely a big factor and like an interesting, uh, but I interesting wild card. But I think regardless of of what stage things are at, I think it would be an additional stressor to have to set up shop somewhere else for a week. Before we move on to this list, can we talk about the Ravens for one second? Yes. Holy smokes! Okay, the Ravens, if they want, only have to board three flights. All season long, uh, which is tremendous. They have Houston week two, Indianapolis week nine, and Pittsburgh week 12. There was a bit of discussion I heard um, from some people who said that maybe they would bust that um, depending on what the weather and every situation looks like. So they might only need to board two flights all season long. Plus, and how about this? Uh, they don't face a single team coming off a bye week all season long. That is one hell of a break if you're John Harbaugh and the Ravens. I would be psyched. That's awesome. That is a quite lucky break in terms of the schedule. Wow. Yeah, and you get, I mean, with the NFC East pairing, I mean, obviously your road games in Philly and Washington, I mean, that's tremendous. I mean, you're going to be sleeping in your bed by the time Sunday night football starts. You know, that's uh, that's great. That's you ideal. Know? Yeah, they're definitely looking forward to a 2020 season. Yeah, I thought the Cowboys um, were another team. Now, they were the third easiest schedule um, in the NFL in terms of strength of schedule, um, but if you just go through their entire schedule, I don't see a two-week stretch at all um, where there's two games in a row that I pencil in as automatic wins for the Cowboys. I think that, like, in terms of, you know, what that looks like, and I'm pulling it up here um, just to go down it, but I don't see two games in a row where I'm like, okay, that's like a soft pocket. You know, if you're worried about something, you need a little bit of a soft landing, Um you know, that's where, that's where you would land. So I think that while their opponents last year, I guess, didn't have a good win-loss percentage. Okay, here we go. I have it up here. Blame my, uh, blame Optimum Wi-Fi for this. Man. Uh, that's, that's all I got to say. Um, they got the Rams first. This is like, uh, okay. Rams, Falcons, Seahawks, Browns, Giants, Cardinals, Washington, Philly, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Washington, Baltimore, Cincinnati, 49ers, 
Philly, Giants. Wow, that is a pretty so, tough schedule. And I'm I'm playing up the Cardinals a little bit. Uh, I think they're like my my team this offseason, so I think they're going to be a little bit harder to beat um, than normal because maybe the uh, somebody else would say, well, they have Giants, Cardinals, Washington. That's a pretty friendly pocket, but I think some of those teams might be a little bit better than they think. I think Cleveland might finally be at least good enough to give the Cowboys some trouble. So I don't know. That's a, that's a schedule to me that if I were Mike McCarthy, I'd be like, ugh. I don't know. I don't like that at all. Yeah, those are those are some great observations. I just had two small things that I noticed. One was that more these are maybe more oddities than anything else, but like the Jets and Dolphins playing in week 10 and 12 with the bye in between is just so strange. There was a year when the Jets and the Dolphins played twice in a three-week span, but I think uh, I'm trying to remember which season that was, but I think in between was not a bye. There was a different game. just feels very strange to be playing just a block of your season as essentially one opponent. Um, and I noticed that the, the Panthers and the Bucks had a really late bye. So we talked about the bye weeks earlier, and I said normally they're between 4 and 12. Uh, and I had written that and it was pointed out to me that I, I missed two, the two teams with the week 13 byes, the the Panthers and the Bucks. And week 12 is Thanksgiving, and then so their week – their buy is, is quite late. Week 13 is quite late for a buy. It's interesting that you brought up the Jets-Dolphins. Warren Sharp had a good stat on that. Um, so teams played each other twice in three weeks, 23 times since 2000. And the record in the rematch of the team that won the first meeting, 7-16. and 16. You have a 30% chance of winning the second game if you win the first game. So essentially, I mean, your chances of sweeping that are, you almost have to pencil yourself down for a loss, you know? That's really interesting. I guess it's because you're just so familiar with them. Wow, that's a crazy stat, Connor. That is. Um, and here's another crazy one. Um, not really a stat, but just a schedule breakdown. I was thinking about um, some of the other people that got hosed, and if I am the Houston Texans. Uh, I would be terrified of the opening slate of that schedule because they have just an awful um, opening. I think their first eight games are against really, really good teams. I'm trying to close pop-up ads because there's pop-up ads over my uh, uh, there's pop-up ads over this Texan schedule, but um, it's bad. Trust me. <laughs> I mean, they start with the Chiefs, so there you go. Already you're getting off to a, a difficult start. So maybe maybe this is in response to uh, Bill O'Brien swearing when the live cam was tra- trained on him during the draft. Maybe the NFL is just kind of nudging them a little bit for that. Yeah. Don't you dare do that again, Bill. <laughs> Doing it without uh, DeAndre Hopkins, too. Okay, here we go. Chiefs week one. Ravens week two. Steelers week three. Vikings week four, Jacksonville week five, Titans week six, Packers week seven. That is brutal. That's a really tough opening stretch. Wow. Wow. Brutal. Like they could legitimately be one and six or two and five at the end of that. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I don't know. Definitely. Yeah. If I were a few of these teams, I mean, you know, like every year we were joking about the Raiders last year. I think that they traveled 33,000 air miles and all three New York teams combined, Buffalo, New York and uh, Jets and Giants traveled 25,000, you know, air miles. And uh, so, you know, it's one of those things where there's a lot of those schedule quirks and teams have legitimate complaints. But 
that, you know, on top of the weirdness of this season, it's a bad season to get banged with in a, you know, a schedule anomaly like that or something. Yeah. You know, I, I asked one coach what he thought of his schedule and he said, you know what? I never get what I want. So I stopped asking and I just play the games. That's good. That's, you know, that's advice for all of us. Yeah, you know? that's advice for all of us. You know, just uh, take what's handed to you. I feel like that's what that's what we do on the weak side, Connor, is we just take whatever comes our way. Just take whatever. Yeah, you know, but it, look where it's gotten us. We have a, a, a we have a group of wonderful, devoted listeners who interact with us in a fun and positive way. I would say that taking what's been given to us has led us in a good direction. Yeah, I agree. Well, we'll be back again later this week with another episode of The Week Side. And thanks, everyone, for joining us today. The MMQB Week Side podcast is me, Jenny Rentis, and Connor Orr. We are produced by Shelby Royston. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody. Ben Eagle is director of editorial projects and product. Mark Moravik is emeritus executive director of the MMQB. Keep up with our entire lineup of podcasts five days a week by subscribing to the MMQB NFL podcast for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please do us a favor and leave a rating and review. It really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Radio.com, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.